I should have changed the title. I should have changed the title for this episode. This from "Explain Yourself" to "Explain Yourselves." We have four creators from one project. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about comics from the kitchen this week. But first, I want to ask how my buddy will. How you feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you finished a campaign last week. You finished uh, the Little C uh, last week. Yeah. How you feeling? <laughs> Doing a lot better. Uh, it's you know a campaign is a marathon and. Uh, it was it was nice to cross the finish line. <laughs> so uh, yeah, doing well. How about you, sir? Ah, you know what? I'm I'm doing as well as we could. I thought we might be floating away today. It rained as hard as it did uh, a month back when we flooded, but it only rained for about 45 minutes instead of seven hours. So we're safe. We don't need any arcs. We don't need any um, any bailouts as far as a lookout. No, the pool's still uh, barely rolling over, so we're fine. But I want to talk food recipes, comics. We've got uh, a, a crew of creators that are part of the anthology uh, Comics from the Kitchen. If you watch the show, you know we usually do a 30-second pitch, but uh, instead of doing that, let's let's uh, let everybody introduce themselves. Uh, Luke, uh, how would somebody know you from the indie comics scene? Well, I'm fairly new to the indie comic scene. I've only been writing for about two years, but I have had a couple of short comics and a couple of anthologies like Dark Side of Purity, Volume 3 from Band of Bards, a uh, previous one called Corrupting the Youth. So this would be my third one. And I also uh, I had a crowd I had a crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter in February for a little zine called uh, Crit One, a zine of epic fails that I ran and organized. So that's what I've done so far. So if you didn't make your funding, would that be a success? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to ponder that at the end. We're going to answer that question. Dan. Uh, <laughs> Hi, uh, well, I'm Dan Mambilla. Um, but firstly, uh, Kevin and Will, thanks very much for, for making this space. And thanks for making space for us here on, on your show. We really appreciate you. you uh letting us on so thank you oh, very much super super happy to have you i mean i don't know yeah. i can't speak for will he was really saying some <laughs> stuff backstage but i mean we try to stay positive so we'll forget about what you said that's good that's good let's keep it positive we're we're two minutes three minutes in please so so uh, uh i have uh my book under god which was successfully crowdfunded on zoop uh originally and will be in stores this month the june 28th from band of bards so um, that is the thing that, aside from what we're going to talk about today, comics in the kit from the kitchen. That's what I'm screaming about mostly on Twitter. So uh, lo we love the people at Band of Bards and what they're doing. So it's cool to hear yeah. them come up twice. Christian, uh, uh, please introduce yourself. It should either should we explain yourselves or introduce yourself. Will we got to talk about this before we do a show? We're usually very organized, you know. Oh yeah, no, we're usually exactly this organized. I cannot. <laughs> explain myself so it's gonna have to be <laughs> done <laughs> i don't know before i talk uh luke hey there it is <laughs> that's, my, that's my copy absolutely nice. love it a uh, bunch of comic jammers i don't know if you guys know the comic jam.com a uh, bunch of comic jammers in that book and uh luke has been doing a lot of cool stuff hi and christian de Matteo. i am the co-founder of fugitive poems comics um uh, my partner is uh, James Lines, and we make all our own stuff. We put out the Containment Breach Anthology series, uh, Volume 3. I'm waiting for it to arrive so I can ship it out, and Volume 4 is close on its heels. I had the pleasure of being interviewed by Jimmy 
about a month ago. It was an awesome <laughs> interview. Him, him and my partner teamed up against me, as a, but it was wonderful. Uh, Jimmy was phenomenal. I'm, I'm honored to be on the show again with Jimmy, and I'm honored to be here with you guys, Kevin and Will. I'm so glad. Uh, I'm a late addition to this uh, project, and uh, it's really cool to be getting to talk about it. So thank you for having me on. And uh, I'm glad all I had to do was introduce myself because uh, it, you said something notable about you, and then you said comics. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Because all the other notables about me are, are ignominious. Uh, famous or infamous, we, we, we take all types here. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, I know, I, know, I know a little bit about you, but in case somebody is new to you, uh, please introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, hello. Uh, yeah, thanks for very much, first off, for, for having me on to talk about, you know, comics from the kitchen with this uh, Motley crew. Um, yeah, so I started off uh, doing reviews and interviews for Comic Book Yeti, I'm the interview content editor there. If anyone's familiar with Comic Book Yeti, I'm also one of the hosts, along with Byron O'Neill, of the Cryptid Creator Corner podcast, where... I have interviews and uh, like I interviewed Christian and interviewed James. Um, I, Luke was on one of our live episodes um, and I've had a, a couple of things in uh, uh, anthologies like the uh, Band of Bards um, from the Static Anthology. I had a short story in there um, and uh, yeah, very excited to be here and talk about it. Uh, no, we're, we're super excited to have you, Jimmy, especially because Will and I were like, let's bring somebody who really does interviews so that you can <laughs> uh, pick up the really slack. show us up, really yeah. show us up. Yeah, do it to it. We 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 want We want to just sit back and relax. But um, that's right. So can, can I can I say I feel left out? I want to also say that I was interviewed by Jimmy in writing for Ooh, uh, that's uh, true. Your, uh, <laughs> campaign. So sorry. I, so, I had FOMO. I had Jimmy FOMO. Well, I, I, sorry, I, Dan. I had I had heard that um, the, me too, the written me too. I I, yeah. I got I got I had heard that he, he did the written interviews only with the most important creators that he that yeah. the people that he talks yeah. to like that's live true. is kind of like the trash. That is what I had heard. I hate when people say things like this and they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen. Yeah. I, I know that you guys are the creators have who have some stories on it. Who would like to to kind of um, give the pitch of what Comics from the Kitchen is for somebody who might be uh, tuning in and hasn't heard of the project yet? Uh, who wants to explain kind of what uh, on the macro level what the anthology is? Luke. Uh, all right. You yeah. all there you go, Christian. <laughs> Nominate Luke. Go ahead, Luke. <laughs> I mean, Comics from the Kitchen is an anthology that is a collection of short comics, but each is accompanied by a recipe. And a lot of these stories that, at least from what I can tell, come from personal places. Some are family recipes. Some are just stuff that people have, like, created and carried along throughout their lives. Like, my recipe comes from my time in Boy Scouts, so that's where I got mine. It's a nice little breakfast dish. Uh, and other than that, I believe it's, like, 120 pages. It's doing, doing pretty good so far in the first couple of days on Zoop. We'd love anyone's support. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to leave for everybody except Luke because you got you got sac you're the sacrificial <laughs> lamb there. Um, so what came first, the recipe or the story for you guys when you heard about uh, when you were first approached? Um, I, I mean, for for me, I was I when I first heard about the idea, and I when I saw Kyler and I uh, for, Foreign Press Comics, you know, have the pitch submission. I, I think on Twitter when I first saw it. Um, 
I, I had a couple of ideas. I wanted to pitch something I, because food is, I mean, food is so, and food memories in particular are so important, you know, to me. Um, and I think to, to everybody, I think that's one of the great things about this anthology is that everyone I think has a, a, a moment or a recipe or a time, a person who made something that made them feel something or um, had some connection to it. And um, for me, uh, right away, I, I knew that the one thing that uh, kind of made the most sense for me was my dad's meatball recipe. Um, it's the, they're the best meatballs in the world. And I mean, it's like body by meatball right here. So um, I know meatballs and um, I just instantly thought like, that's something I wanted to kind of like memorialize in writing. And I had an idea right away. Um, and I think my dad would get a kick out of it. My dad, you know, introduced me to comics and um, he's every family gathering. He still makes those meatballs. And um, uh, I, so first off was the idea and the, and the recipe that I wanted to use. And the story came like pretty naturally for me. Um, I worked with artist James Greaterex, who works at the local comic shop right down the street from me. That's how I met him. He's absolutely fantastic and drew and colored and lettered the story. And um, for mine in particular, it's called It's Not Just a Meatball. And basically, it's a five page comic. Each comic is kind of a little snapshot of a different decade and a different step in the recipe was kind of like my framing device. Okay. So each page starts out with 1969, 79, 89, 99, and kind of telling a little different story about my relationship with my dad and um, another little step in the meatball recipe as it goes on. So now does uh, he knows it? Did he, does he know it's coming or is this a surprise? Oh, it's a surprise. Awesome. <laughs> so I, 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 think I hope, I hope he's not watching on YouTube. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, when I advertise this, I'll actually, I'll, I'll push him out. So <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah. It's a well, surprise. I think we'll get a kick out of it. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a really, it's a really interesting way to approach it. Are a lot of the, like the recipes, are we getting a lot of like, you know, semi-autobiographical stories or, you know, are some of them fiction, you know, flat out yeah. flights of fantasy, like, you know, sci-fi or, or, you know, or, all right, horror, Christian's, or, all right, Christian's Christian's got <laughs> so, uh, I interviewed Kyler, uh, who is foreign press comics. He's the head of foreign press comics for, cause he lettered two comics, one in containment breach three and one in containment breach four. And I do interviews with all our creators I put up on the Fugitive Poems YouTube channel. And he tells me about this project that he's already got stacked. And I'm like, well, I didn't know this was happening. I said, you got a fat comic creator here. How did I not know this? Is there, is there any other kind? Come on, man. Body by meatball things in my soul, Jimmy. <laughs> that's that's going to be on the Explain Yourself t-shirt for this episode. It's just going to be Christian and I hugging and say body by meatball. Explain yourself. <laughs> very far, far apart because of the bellies. <laughs> so um, I, I said, I want to be in it. And he's like, I, I, I'm sorry, we already closed submissions. And I said, well, if you end up doing another one, well, somebody was somebody had a personal situation and had to back out, and he put something on the jam, and I was on it. I'm like, what? And uh, he, I, I called up Jack Vantomi, uh, my man Jack Vantomi, who is a machine. He's amazing. And I said, dude, do you want to do this book? I, I did it. I jumped in so quick that I didn't overly think it through. Later on, I'm reading the description. There's all these 
touching stories of people's experiences with food. I've got the good, the bad, and the ugly in a Mad Max landscape fighting over the perfect smoked pork shoulder. And it was only later that I realized so many of these are these beautiful stories of cooking with grandma. I've got, I've got a hun. I've got a, a Steve Buscemi uh, a tweaker and, and, a, and a bandolier ridden chef going at it and stealing this actually got the, the image that came to me first was a guy running with a, with a water smoker, which if you can, it looks like an RT unit, the idea of trying to carry one. And that was the image that started this whole thing. So I, I wrote it as soon as I knew I had to, this thing, I wrote it out. I got it out in two days to Jack. It just came. I'm working on another story right now that is just banging my head against the wall. This just happened this one. <laughs> And I said to Jack, and Jack started working on it. And then I went and looked into the book further and discovered that I'm going to be one of the psychopaths who completely <laughs> ignored the touching aspect of it. You're, 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 you're fulfilling a, a perfect uh, service, though, because like I, I had a class on magazine making in college, and they talked about when you have a magazine, 80% of your magazine has to be for your subscribers to keep them happy. You know, if, if you're doing tennis magazine, 80 percent is tennis, 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 tennis. But 20 percent has to be something on the cover to get somebody who doesn't love tennis interested. So you're serving that purpose of like <laughs> get, getting somebody who isn't there for the heartfelt, you know, lovey dovey <laughs> stuff. And they're like, you know what? I just I want somebody to shoot somebody in the face over a smoke joke. <laughs> you're doing something. I, uh, to quote Corn, I usually end up being the freak on a leash in these things. Um, <laughs> after I realized that I had all these, I love food and I, I'm, meatballs and my family's recipe. All these, pesto is another one. All these things flooded me. I could have written all these beautiful things, but I, I'm, I'm really happy for what came. So in the sequel, 90% of these are going to be these crazy mutant things and you're going to write a tearjerker. And everyone's like, what is yeah. wrong with this guy? <laughs> Read the room, Christian. <laughs> What's weird is that my story is a biographical piece, but it also has a Steve Buscemi tweaker in it. So it's so, it's, it's so odd that that, that that worked out that way. So, so how did you wrote that in the script? How, how did you, Dan? How did you come up with with your recipe and your story? So, so what's what's interesting is that uh, I saw. Um, a call for submissions for a different food anthology a couple of years before. And I did the, it was a four page story that I did and it was the same, the same story and they weren't calling for, for a recipe. So this is just a beloved story that I've asked my uncle to tell, you know, hundreds of times, every time I see my uncle, whatever the occasion, whether it's a wedding or a funeral or a holiday, I ask him, Dime el del boniato. Tell me the one about the boniato. Boniato is a is a tuber, like a, a starch, you know, like a potato, a sweet potato kind of vegetable. Okay. Um, so it's just this crazy thing that happened to him. And I mean, the only way to get the story better than in in the anthology is to have my uncle tell it to you because gotcha. yes, he is the master at telling <laughs> telling the story. So I did my and Jimmy did, did your interview uh, written. Come on. Yes. <laughs> if I would have known, I would have your uncle on here. Uh, it's pretty like. Oh, my uncle would be. Yeah, there's there's no competition if you had my uncle on. The uh, so so then that 
fell apart. That anthology never happened, but I had the four pages finished. And then Kyler's uh, pitch um, call for submissions came up. Uh, Real quick, did you have like the art already, or just the yeah, stuff? yeah? It was all right. It was le- I had four wow. pages oh, done, lettered, colored, all set to go, and then the, the anthology just kind of evaporated. I even stopped getting, you know, you know, let's let's do a p- quick PSA here. Indie comics ghosting people is not an acceptable communication <laughs> method. If you're not going to do something, let the person know it's not happening and we're not doing it. Ghosting is not acceptable. Anyway. So you, you had a real uh, tales from the pandemic situation yeah. going on here. <laughs> I mean, huh? that's I think that's I hear it from lots of people. It's an all too common communication method, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we, we, we can do better. So, anyway that just evaporated and I had this story. I actually sent copies of it to my uncle. He adored it. And I was like, Oh, if only it could, could be in a, a book rather than just copies. So then Kyler had his call for submissions. Um, so I did a, to fit the format, I did an extra page and the recipe page. Okay. So um, I think the story works actually better with that extra page. It has a little more, a little more space for the, you know, the, the punchline. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm very happy with it. It's a story that I, I'm very biased because it's a story that I love. And I, mm-hmm. I've, you know, like, it's not just that my uncle, that I would ask my uncle, it's like, you know, my grandmother would say it was just like a great, it was just a funny story that happened to this little boy. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just been repeated throughout my family. So I, I hope, I hope people like it. So I hope. People go check it out on on Zoom. Dan, Dan, you win. I, I, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> no. I just put on my glasses to try and read the one page. It's on the Zoom. I am. You win. I'm in. <laughs> it's, it's 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 not a competition. He did. No, no, no. It but was not a competition. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm glad you liked it, but but yeah, I hope I hope the punchline you know resonates, and I hope it, people find it because it is supposed to be funny so i hope i hope it's not just a sweet story but a funny story (laughs) that's awesome luke uh where did where did your story come from and where did you first hear about this anthology uh so i kind of had uh uh, christian says he's the only freak in the book but i kind of had a similar situation where i saw there was a food anthology and then i was like oh i'm gonna write this story about breakfast and pirates and then then i kind of tied it into sentimentality in the real life on the last page so that way i could be like oh oh you know this isn't just some weirdo who just wants to you know <laughs> pirates to fight a ham whale that that's not what's <laughs> but uh, my recipe is it's just it was like the the one pot breakfast we would always make at the end of a camp out on boy scouts that you know you basically threw every piece every of your favorite breakfast food and what was left over into eggs into one pot it was always delicious and it was quick and easy. There was only one thing to clean up. And so, <laughs> so that's kind of how I tied in my story at the end was it kind of link, goes from the pirates to, you know, camping and the, the good times that come from cooking over, you know, a stove on a With your plastic table outside. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. cool. Um, so, Will, I, you, you were popping in. I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, it's I, the format sounds really interesting to me. I mean, it, it sounds like you have five pages of story, which is kind of an odd 
and for me, you know, usually, you know, six page story, eight page story or four page story, but you want a five page story and then one page of your actual recipe, which I think is really cool, too. Um, is that format? I mean, was that strictly enforced? Is, you know, everybody had five pages and, and, and the recipe. Is that how that worked out? I think so. Yes, yeah, everyone right was supposed to have an odd number page count. So that way the recipe could be like on the left side and then the comic starts on the right. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Almost that inside cover is the recipe. All right. Basically, cool. yeah. Now, I, I did want to ask, uh, Dan, did you have to come up with a recipe for your uh, sweet potato or was that, uh, is that true to the story? Oh, yeah. That's a very common Cuban side dish is, okay. is fried boniato. It's just like a fried sweet potato, you know, so it's very, yeah, very common. So I just you know it's a simple recipe so okay so we've got meatballs we've got fried potatoes we've got um smoke did anybody write anything healthy or is this is this comic going to kill us <laughs> i hope not <laughs> if you ate every hey. meal day by day would you die <laughs> i don't think so i know one of the recipes also i think it was called like the hundred dollar pizza or something too so oh, I, wow. I just assume that's just dripping in grease <laughs> yeah i love yeah, that little that little image that it was in one of the uh <clears throat> one of the updates of that character hugging like the big slice of french bread <laughs> yes very, very yeah. Cute, like. yeah when i, I heard a hundred dollar pizza and I, I kind of did the leo and django and change like you had my curiosity now you have my attention hundred dollar pizza <laughs> i don't have a hundred dollars but i want that pizza I, I threw in vegetables. I have a side recipe within the comic for quick pickling. Of uh, of you do a quick pickle. I know it sounds dirty, but it does. It, it does sound a little <laughs> not safe for work at this point. Um, I'm, which is fine. We're, we we start yeah. after eleven, so people, the kids know to put the kids to bed. So you, you do with that pickle what you need. You come home for lunch at work time. You don't have a lot of time. You need a quick pickle. No. Uh, <laughs> To quickly pickle cucumbers, red onions, and peppers. And I threw that in there because it goes great on top of the shredded pork. Is so I I I have my character is actually the only dialogue is they're speaking the recipe as this wild stuff happens. And so at one point there's a standoff and the guy pulls out a jar of pickled goods and he gives a quick pickle recipe. So I have vegetables in mine. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's salt and sugar involved, but there's vegetables. Uh, all right, quick. Um, uh, what drink is paired with everybody's uh, recipe? Definitely a glass of cold 2% milk. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, if I, you said tequila, I would have to question your Boy Scout leader, wouldn't I? <laughs> uh, I would think uh, red wine. Um, a nice, you know, that's not 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 in the comic, but uh, I, I'd recommend a nice Sangiovese or a nice uh, Tuscan wine, maybe a Brunello di Montalcino. You know, I know those are fancy because I don't know what those are. Yeah. <laughs> my my favorite, uh, like uh, that style wine is called Il Bastardo, and it's a, a large man sitting on a bicycle, and it's like seven ninety nine. So it's not expensive, <laughs> but very good. But yeah, I, I have a friend whose entire ordering at a restaurant is to order the second most expensive bottle. Oh, the second because, most expensive. Because if it's the second most expensive, people think you know what you're talking about because you didn't order the most expensive. 
<laughs> you know, they're like, oh, he didn't order the most expensive, so he's just not ordering out of his ass. But he didn't order the cheap stuff either, so he must really know. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I put that away. It's like if I if I got to impress somebody, I'm, I'm going to use that one. But Il Bastardo sounds up my alley too. <laughs> I would say uh, a hearty beer hmm. uh, or uh, like a, you can go anywhere. You could do a stout. I guess you could do an IPA. I'm the one guy that doesn't like IPAs. No, but, no, I am on your, no, listen, okay, you have my sword. I cannot stand that. Crap, I don't get it. I love beer. I don't get it. Yeah. But uh, so actually the last pork shoulder I smoked, I did a Guinness brine. Uh, okay. Which is not the recipe in the book, but uh, it came out. It came, it's for the there's sequel. An apple, there's an apple cider brine in the book, but I did a Guinness one here. Uh, the other option is, of course, uh, uh, always whiskey for everything, <laughs> <laughs> including breakfast. What's, what's funny is I had my last shot of whiskey when we started the show, and I'm going to have to go to my red wine as we finish. So, uh, you and Christian, you're talking my language. If you can get your hands on Joe Got a Gun, it's out of Kentucky. It's one of the smoothest whiskeys I have ever drank in my life. Right. I always have a bottle in the office. Let's not look into that any further. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, where are you in the world? And I can be there by noon. <laughs> Westchester, New York. I'm ready. Okay, I'll be there by four. That's that's quite that's quite up high. <laughs> All right, Dan and Luke, uh, Dan. Since the uh, the main character in my story is a child, I'm gonna go with a Cuban soda like a materba, which is a ma like a mate uh, soda, and a uh, ironber, which is like a weird Dr. Pepper Cuban Dr. Pepper. It, it's just iron <laughs> beer, but you but it's pronounced exotically ironber. Like, but the, if you look at the label, it's just iron beer. But it's like a doctor. It's like a weird Dr. Pepper kind of soda. Like, cool. Oh, Shani's cool. in the house. She says, hey, what's up, my peeps? Hello. Johnny, <laughs> we are talking comics in the kitchen, short stories with recipes, uh, some heartfelt, some uh, some just having a blast. Uh, great anthology on Zoop. So let's get into Zoop a little bit. Um, I know that you guys are the contributors, so I'm not going to hit you up with, with why Zoop, except for the fact of Will and I are on record. Uh, we're Kickstarter creators, but we love that there's Zoop. We love that there's crowdfunder starting. We want to fertilize as many places as we can because uh, things change. Pickle. Yeah. What's yeah. That? <laughs> I said it's a quick pickle. Yes, yes. Yeah. We want to quick pickle all of our crowdfunding places because uh, the, the more places that we can go and work, the better. Um, but, but Dan, you said you've, you've had a book on Zoop. So if you can speak more from you as a creator bringing a book to Zoop, what was your experience like on the platform? Yeah, yeah. So, so I crowdfunded <clears throat> under God on Zoop, and uh, I chose Zoop because it was right. I was all set to go. I was finishing up uh, under God, and I was getting to the point where, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I was getting to the point where I was going to, you know, start booking interviews, and I needed to find my platform. And uh, Kickstarter came out with this awesome blockchain we're we're, we're going to be cool and we're going to the blockchain and and i you know i had watched i had i had even watched videos which were good videos with good information on the phraseology you should use in your in your crowdfunding from kickstarter mm -hmm. so and i used that that the, that phraseology in my zoom campaign but i just did not want to be involved with 
with a blockchain, uh, you know, which ultimately ended up to be nothing. Um, but, uh, but Zoop was originally, I bought the John Paul Leon, um, Winterman artist edition from Zoop. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I heard of Zoop and they were kind of like a concierge service. If I said Mm -hmm. that right, where they were, they would do the whole thing for you. So imagine it has to be like a kind of a big deal book. They're not going to do my tiny little, um, uh, you know, book. So then, but you had God on your side. They, do they want to piss off God? <laughs> I mean, listen, <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's a that's a tough. Uh, you got to lead with the Almighty, buddy. Yeah, Come on, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, people started looking for other options, and Zoop, like in less than two weeks, said, "We hear that you all want to do this. We're not set up to do it." And then Ryder turned right around and said, okay, we're ready to just start taking submissions of, yeah. of small campaigns, but they won't be the concierge service. Like you, right, right. it'll be just a crowdfunding platform and you do it. And I appreciated that so much. I immediately jumped in and put in my bid. Okay. I want, I have my book. It's going to be ready by, by this time. Mm-hmm. Um, they accepted it and it was re- it, the, the people at Zoop were great. I have I have not, I don't have any complaints. I have only wonderful things to say about them. They're just great, great people. Um, and, and they, you know, they're, they're actively on Twitter and they're promote, helping to promote the Mm -hmm. book a a little bit. And so it just really, for, for my first experience, which frankly, um, crowdfunding, the people who crowdfund multiple books, Luke, I think you just mentioned at the beginning that you've done multiple books, um, on crowdfunding maybe, um, but I, I have attempted to. One was successful. You, you all are built <laughs> different. And Christian, you've done. Have you done uh, multiples also? I think uh, we we kickstarted Containment Breach uh, two and Containment Breach three, and we are launching Containment Breach four at Terrificon day one at Terrificon on Kickstarter. Uh, Genu- uh, no, I'm sorry, July 28th. So oh, we've had two successful Kickstarters, and we're heading for uh, hopefully our third. Uh, nice. Well, you so, all yeah, are nice. built different. You all are, are powerful people. Because... Well, it sounds like Jimmy and I are built very similar. To go back to, <laughs> go back to meatballs. I, I, I in, like, I in Miami at one point in my life, I sold perfume bottles on the street for a couple of days, and it it was it made me crazy because every person was now was like that Terminator target. Everywhere you went was like, is this a guy that I'm going to sell a bottle to? Is that a guy that I'm going to sell a bottle to? Like, and crowdfunding was exactly that feeling. I was like, oh my god, am I back in Miami selling bottles on the street? Like, I checked my phone in the middle of the night. Like, got to retweet this thing. It's three. It's three a.m. Like, let me send that out again. Uh, so, so kudos to you all. You're you're you are it's, powerful people. But it is brutal. brutal. I cannot imagine what it ha- would have been like had I not been with with Zoop, which was made everything's so simple for me and they were very supportive and answered all my questions quickly. Like I never had to go to like, go to this fact page and you figure mm-hmm. it out. Like, you know, I never had that with Zoop. Like, no, so, that's great to uh, hear though, because we had Jason Copeland on uh, his full tilt campaign, oh, yeah, yeah. by the way, just hit 500 backers. So yeah. way to go, Jason and has mm. a, a little bit left. So if you go to Zoop, check out uh, comments from the kitchen and full tilt uh, while you're there. But um he did the concierge service. So he, he had kind of the full buffet of, of they found a printer for him. They're going to 
do the uh, the funding. And he also had nothing but good things to say about the service, awesome. which I would expect when they're I, I, and we didn't get into what the, the cut is on that service. I'm sure it's bigger than when they're just giving you their platform. But it's great to hear that you had the same experience, even though they were giving a smaller cut of, you know, a single issue comic as opposed to, uh, you know, $45. Significantly smaller than Jason's campaign. Significantly. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. It, look, uh, uh, what, what was it? Uh, a 300 page hardcover versus a single issue comic? I mean, yes. That, that is no insult to you that it's smaller. He's at $40,351. Wow. Want, but guys, we talked about the explain yourself bump. He was only at 32000 when he came on the show. Wow. Will and I brought $8,000. We're about to blow day. up, everybody. Yeah, I can't guarantee we're going to bring 8000 to uh, Comics in the Kitchen. But, Did you just uh, say you're going to guarantee 8000 <laughs> That is hey, what I what? heard. You know what? Uh, Where do they cover it? <laughs> we got to get Kyler on here. Yes. Wake him Listen. up. Listen. And if I'm wrong, you call Will and tell him to put it in. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> no, I mean, um, but but it's it's so cool to hear that. You know, look, we all know that. Um, you know, I'm on Kickstarter more than anything else. We all know that. Uh, the Arthur Adams hardcover is going to get a little bit more boost because Art Adams is a god in comics and I'm I'm a guy. But it's great to hear that you you had the same experience as Jason did with, you know, a book that is not $45 for the the cheapest tier. So that that's great to hear. And it says a lot about Soup that they did. And I think it was smart of them to open it up at a time where people were a little bit, uh, we weren't lost at sea, but I, I did feel like the wake was pretty high and we were, I felt like the ropes might be taut. They weren't breaking mm -hmm. yet, but I was a little worried about what would happen to Kickstarter. So yeah, and they, they really turned around very, very quickly. It may, it may have even been quicker than two weeks when people started asking like, can we send you things? And and their response was, no, we're, we're just set up to be this concierge service. And then right away they were like, Oh, uh, they put out, they posted a thing that said we're working on it. And then bam, right away. They, so I, as soon as they said it, I said, Oh, put me in, put me on your, put me on your dance card. I want to. And they were obviously ready or else you would be uh, probably quieter about it. <laughs> I'm, not saying you, I'm not saying you'd be telling us that they yes. sucked, but you'd probably be quite, yeah, I had a book on Zoop and uh, yeah, I, I did it. It, I it was a Zoop book. Thing. It was an yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a very good experience. I, I, I have, I have only good things to say. It really was a good experience and I'm well, glad because it was still, it was still a crowdfunding experience for me. So nice. Well, I'm going to share the screen. Let's let's look at the page for a second. Um, and uh... well, I, and while while Kevin's doing that, I kind of I'm I'm curious too because you know we're we're all very much in the crowdfunding vein here, but it sounds like you know the Band of Bards or and you know you there's experience here with Band of Bards and and other publishers. You know with with Christian, you know, do you expect? What, what are your kind of expectations of the direct market? I mean, is this crowdfunding only or do you, do you, are there plans to move this into the direct market at some point? Or am I not necessarily asking the right people this question, which is always possible? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Kyler, I think with and and Kyler's foreign press comics would probably be the person to to ask. I mean, I, um, I I think though there's probably plans um, after the Zoop campaign for for the creators or folks in it the, to be something that we can take to uh conventions you know and those types of things i don't know i don't i don't think there's any plans as of right now um you know for the direct market i think we're just trying to get through the the zoop campaign um gotcha but i will uh i was gonna say i i I do i think there is a retailer tier for this though so i think that's good if you go down yeah yeah if i remember correctly so I think a couple of those have been claimed so far, and um, yeah, five so far. Yeah, I, I think that's a nice addition. Um, I know that uh, I think James, uh, the artist that uh, created the story um, with me, was talking to the shop, which is always a, a difficult thing to try and reach out, talk to shops to try and get them to back your, um, your crowdfunding campaign and the retar- retailer tier. But it really does help. So. I wonder if it's easier Wait. to reach out on a Zoop campaign as opposed to Kickstarter, because um, the early Wild Wild West days of Kickstarter, when um, some shops were open to it, they got burned pretty hard. And it's bringing a Kickstarter to anybody who was burned eight years ago is kind of um, it's a losing battle is the best I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say about it. Um, so I wonder if coming in saying, no, we're not Kickstarter, we're Zoop. Or, or there's like all crowdfunding's the same, and we hate you. I'm not sure which it would be. <laughs> I can speak well, here. I, I can speak here. And, oh, I'm and, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're, uh, so in my experience, when I was reaching out to shops for my first campaign, um, most of them just didn't reply. I got like one response from my shop that I go to all the time, and they didn't. I didn't have a retailer tier, so just the owner just backed to get get the book. Uh, but the other one, the guy, the guy was like, well, I'll share this on my Facebook page. And so like, I got a couple responses, but most of the time it was just silence. Well, I mean, they're pretty busy. They have to go through, um, now for what lunar previews, uh, penguin they're for their, their Wednesday warriors. It's, it, you're kind of. It, it's hard enough to say, hey, I've got an indie book from uh, a Source Point Press, a Scout Comics. It's hard enough to get them to even pay attention to that, to, yeah. to come with a crowdfunding thing. And, you know, like, no, on this one, you're going to give money now. And in three months, you're going to get these books. It's it's a hard sell to comic shops one way or the other. So, so uh, my experience with this is uh, based on my father raised me in sales. He was an incredible salesman. In fact, uh, uh, Dan, I was thinking about your story selling perfume. All the worst jobs I've ever had in my life were my, because of my father. Uh, and we had me <laughs> on, a, on corners in Manhattan handing out hair uh, uh, cards about hair replacement systems. They just don't give it to everyone. Just give it to people who look like they need it. So I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, 19 years old and I got these guys mad dogging me. Why did you give me this? Wow. but he uh he was a uh he is a firm believer in uh uh, knocking on doors and uh and you know we made fun of him for a little while it's the internet age it's not you don't do that anymore you don't walk in and hand someone your resume your email you go through monster.com and when uh, we started this company uh i started pounding the pavement again 
And mm-hmm. I went started with my comic shop, and then I went to all the comic shops in Westchester County, which is where I live. And then I went out further, and then we went out to Connecticut, and then we went out. We didn't go to Long Island because that's crazy, but we we <laughs> went to, to lots of places. And I, I went with uh, uh, like Sam Adams, the way he originally sold his beer out of the back of his car. I went with boxes of books and. Uh, I, hand, I tried to sell them on the spot and I, I got some responses. I got them to know me because the first response, the first time I went out and said, Hey, want to back a Kickstarter? I got whatever, what you said, Kevin, I, I've been burned too many times. I've been burned too many times and I've been burned uh, on yeah. Kickstarter. So I, I know. Um, and uh, um, um, I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, <laughs> 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 threw me off a little uh, but <laughs> it is after 11 o'clock. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, they, what's happened is I got them to back volume three because when they didn't back volume two, I came back with the book when it came out. And I said, mm-hmm. I did it. We do it. We're not, we don't mess around. And I had a bunch of them back volume three and they're up for volume four. And now they're looking forward to we come in. There's, there's one shop that I always bring a six pack because they always have beer and we hang out for a while and just about developing relationships. The problem is that that's a local game, right? With, you know, within driving distance. Uh, yeah, but we yeah. get a lot of our contributors to do the same thing in their towns. And now we're getting a name. We got our books in Chicago and Arizona and India, which I'm most proud of. Um, that's very cool. Yes, and it, it's all been. Uh, did, did I offend Gavin? Uh, I think he had technical problems. Oh, he's coming back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I had to be the funny guy and screw it all. Up. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no idea why I did that. I apologize. No worries. Well, that's that's my experience with Kickstarter and comic shops. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I I get where they. I never I never did the hard sell because I got where they were coming from. So put, put your credit card in here and hope you get something later. It's a tough sell. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, you yeah. know, um, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I interviewed Jordan Plosky from from Zoo like fairly early on, at least when I was like first aware of it. And um, really? you know, it was a video. It was uh, it was a video. Like, it was a video. <laughs> oh, so not that important. Got it. Sorry. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> Sorry, if you're watching Jordan, we apologize. Um. Yeah. No. But um, <laughs> it was just very interesting to talk about like their their and hear about their approach, and what they were trying to do, and because I think I talked to him right around the when the Kickstarter news and. Zoop was in the process of going from the concierge service to allowing like other creators to crowdfund. And it was just very interesting to to hear like what they were trying to do and and trying to make it happen sooner rather than later to kind of capitalize yeah. on um, the Kickstarter news. But, I, you know, I will say working for uh, Comic Book Yeti and in, you know, as an, an editor for interviews, um, I mean, I get emails from Jordan all the time. He's constantly making the folks who are bringing their books, the writers and artists on Zoop available for interviews. He's, you know, very active in terms of trying to get us. And I'm sure he does it with other, uh, you know, websites that cover indie comic creators. Uh, you know, I he's just he makes folks very available, makes us very aware of like what's going on, which is you know, helpful to us. Like sometimes I just see something on Twitter and I reach out to the person. I'm like, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? Do you want to do this? Just cause I, you know, 
I'm 44 and it's hard to make like physical friends, guys. So like that's why I do this. <laughs> yeah, but, you but, make those meatballs and I think you're going to find out it's a lot easier, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jordan like makes folks very uh, available and um that's I really appreciate that aspect of it. And I think the creators must as well. Um, you know, because it's it's hard. You don't know you're fighting against the algorithm, you're fighting against every other comic book out there and I mean, I've said on my podcast a million times, this is like a golden age for comic book fans. Like, no matter yes. what you like, big two, indie publisher, crowdfunding, mm -hmm. there's like something for everybody. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I have to guess. I, I've never spoken with Jordan. I'm, I'm going to have to guess on the record. It was like, well, we felt like we were ready to do it. And off the record, they're like, oh, fucking thank God. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. They, they friggin', they friggin' just did an unforced error for no reason right when we were coming out. Thank God. Uh, that is off. That is my guess of off the record. But I um, no, it, it it but it is because the, the it was always like how can you get the foot in the door in any type of an entertainment type of a thing? You want to write screenplays? Mm -hmm. How can you get somebody to read it? You want you want to make a comic? How can you get this out to places? And and there aren't people who can just tell you know without even looking at at the book anymore now you can kind of you, crowd crowdfunder backer kit zoop indiegogo kickstarter you can put it up there you can show your art and you can find out if there is an audience for you before somebody else can tell you there isn't and i think that's beautiful and, and, it's, and it's a go ahead, sorry, go you, ahead. you can you can you know start building your audience during a campaign and then continue to build an audience. And, you know, with subsequent campaigns, you then, you know, are, you're, so, you know, even if somebody does tell you there's no audience, you can go out and find one and make one. I mean, that's mm -hmm. one of the great things about all of these crowdfunding, you know, platforms. Um, but yeah, that is the rub though, isn't it? No offense to all of us here. Uh, the rub is breaking out. You're underwater and you're surrounded all the other water molecules are other creators, right? And you're all looking for money and asking each other for money and trying to get money. And you, it's like this, right? The key is trying to figure out how to break through the ice and get to the customers who want it. And mm -hmm. that to me has been uh, the Rosetta Stone code that, that we've been working on finding is where are the consumers? Because uh, I love sharing my sh – uh, you just cursed, so you just relaxed me completely. You can say anything you fucking want to. Fucking it. Uh, I, I'm trying to get my shit out there that I no, not that word. I wanna, I, <laughs> Come on, holy fuck, shit is a bridge too far. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but I, I love sharing it with my fellow creators. One of my favorite things that I do is, you know, thanks to Casey Allen and the Comic Jam, I get to play in the playground with all these other. Luke just uh, lettered one of my comics and knocked it out of the park. He absolutely awesome. rocked it as drawn by Michael Howe. Just it's great. But the other thing that we want to do is make some fucking money. <laughs> and so trying what we've really been working on finding how do you get to these people? There's this group of people who go on Kickstarter looking for indie comic projects. Mm -hmm. Where do they hang out? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, I, what we've really been trying to, to figure out is who are these people who actually go on Kickstarter and say, I want some new comics today. Where do they talk? Where do they meet? Because so often I find that as creators, we're in an echo chamber of creators. 
Why? Why? Does that make sense? I, I don't disagree with you, except that I think that that echo does not necessarily only echo back. I think it echoes back into the side. So, you know, it's kind of popping all around. You know, if I if if I back, I don't know how it is on Zoom, but if I back Will's Kickstarter, everyone who follows me on Kickstarter gets an email that says Kevin Joseph just mm -hmm. backed Crossover right. Division. And there are times when, you know, like when Crossover Division Hardcover came out, which I, I'm not cheating. It's closed. You can't back it. Sorry, guys. Missed out. You got to be on the show every Friday <laughs> to find out. Um, but, but like I backed it. You know, I saw Clay Adams backed it. I saw Charlie Stickney backed it. So if, if I happen to have liked those creators and I see that four or five creators that I like have backed this guy, even if I haven't heard of Crossover Division. I'm a lot more likely to to give that page a look. So there is something to what you say about that. And Fellhound said it the most, the, the funniest to me. She, she said, uh, we've all got one $20 bill and we're just passing it around. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, in Kickstarter, it takes 20 cents every time we pass, pass it around. Exactly. <laughs> But if I do that and I pass it around, I also get comics. So that's that's kind of a cool thing, too. But, yeah, it is. Where are they? And it's all expanding. And I, I hear what you're saying, but but it's not terrible either to have other creators who who dig what you're doing. Uh, please. I, I yeah. love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, and so I don't think that at all. I just would like to continue making more than twenty dollars. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did have a very cool uh, question in the chat. I want to bring up, which, which is an interesting thing, and I'd like everybody's view on this. Well, how do you feel about books having umpteen variant covers? I mean, I'll speak as a consumer, not necessarily as a creator, since I'm probably the least experienced in actually, you know, uh, creating comics. Um, but as as a consumer, I don't I don't like it. I just feel like it's there's too much sometimes. I mean, I I get you know two or three, but uh, at a certain point, I I question it. It's just like you know, it it seems like it's diluting the product. But um, I don't know if it if it works for some folks, and you know, who am I to 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 say if if you get like a really cool artist, but um. I mean, I, I see it a little bit in indie comics. I see it. A, you see it a lot more with like some of the, the big two stuff sometimes. So there's just like so many different covers. But yeah, um, yeah. As a consumer, not necessarily a fan. But, you know, you like it. That's cool. Yeah, let's let's keep this within the indie crowdfunding space, because I think I think we can definitely I, I definitely have a different opinion about the big two doing it and a Kickstarter creator doing it. Um, so let's let's stay yeah, that's on, fair. on the indie indie crowdfunding space but I, I do respect what you said about that uh, I, I see it i see it so much in indie comics that um the cheapskate in me really struggles with understanding how it's beneficial like i if it's work like jimmy like you said if it's working for people and it's it's paying off and they're doing it and they're making things happen because they're getting variant covers great but to my mind, all I can think is, isn't this making your process more difficult and more, aren't you just adding, it's the same book, you're adding a, an extra cost just to put a, a different cover. H yeah. How many, I mean, 
yeah, I mean, I don't know how many little indie, because I see little indie people. I mean, I don't mean that in a pejorative way. They're not sure. They're not sure. You don't mean No, 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 no. I mean, like, you know, like. Creators under 5'4". Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, here, present. But, you know, you know what I mean is, like, not like a a big indie comic name who has, you know, been around and done all these different books doing many variant covers mm-hmm. and i just i'm very perplexed by that concept I, I i there's no way when band of bards um which i'm very grateful that they picked up uh under god which will be in stores later this month nice. um uh their very first congratulations question, their, by the way thank you thank you one of their very first yeah. questions was do you want to all uh variant cover and i said no like let's, let's just have one cover it's the one book and let's go that's that's mm-hmm. that's the thing like i just just seems like you're adding obstacles. I don't know, but maybe I'm thinking about it wrong. Phil Phil Russert, uh, who does the tragedy books, uh, terrific guy. We met him at Terrificon that fits last year. <laughs> and uh, I actually is got that why you said he's terrific? You you yeah, already know he's, he's he's been judged terrific if he's there. exactly. <laughs> I mean, we didn't I meet was, him in Austin. I, I did apply and I was I was turned away, which is starting to hurt a lot more right now. <laughs> Um, so we uh, we got to know him. He has four issues of tragedy out now, but if you look at his stand, he's got seven thousand issues. He just got <laughs> Bill Sinkovich to uh, uh, do a cover for tragedy. Oh what? God. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and it's really cool, and yeah, I love I it. I look at. I bet it is. <laughs> I look at his stuff, and I go up to his table, and I go to pick up the latest issue of tragedy. It's a great story. And then all of a sudden, maybe maybe it's because I'm old. I'm I'm older than Jimmy. I'm I'm 46. Maybe because I'm I, I don't want to fucking think about this. I I don't I don't know. I just which one is one? Which one is two? Which one? Right. But the fact is, he's doing big business with all these covers. And James and I have uh, yeah, James and I have uh, uh, played with the idea of doing variant covers for the uh, containment breach uh, books. But it's a whole shipping thing, a whole printing thing as well, uh, and it changes the number. It changes, but but also I, I just I I got to be honest. And on Kickstarter, where you can't, one of the cool things about Zoop is that when you see the reward, the pictures there, right on Kickstarter, you got that line down the side, <laughs> and so you got like you want variant cover A, variant cover B, variant mm-hmm. cover W. I don't remember which one I wanted, so I end up just picking one just to be done with it, especially when you do it on your phone. And uh, I, I find it overwhelming and confusing. And, and I'm not going to see the cover because it's going to be on my shelf with the binding out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if the question is about a creator who's, who's coming to Kickstarter. Should, should I do this or, or as a consumer? I, I'm going to give an answer from Will and I have been doing this show for uh, a year and a half now. I think that unless your book is TNA or not safe for work, I, I wouldn't do more than four variant covers. But if your book is not safe for work or your book is TNA, I think that a great way to expand the amount of money that comes in is mm-hmm. to have many covers of your character one is a photorealistic digital painting of a super hot, almost always girl 
in a bathing suit, and then there is an alternate where the bathing suit happens to be off. And then there is a, yes, there is an anime version of the same type thing, and there is a cartoony version. Um, And what I believe it is, is, you know, there are some people who just really, really, really want to have um, a super anime version of a hot chick cover. Some want it in the bathing suit, some want it without. I probably more want it without, I'm going to guess. Um, <laughs> and you're, you're expanding the number of people who um, are looking for your covers to buy. But as far as a consumer, if you're going to do that, I'm probably going to buy your cover A because I want to read your book. Uh, if it's not safe for work, great. I'll read your not safe for work book. If it's your TNA book, great. I'll read your TNA book. Your cover doesn't necessarily get my money, but it does for some people. But what I would not do, and I saw one person who was new to it do, have a nice PG-13 all-ages book and put kind of a 19 covers on it because that's not the Democrat, the Democrat, the demographic you're searching <laughs> for with these covers. You're yeah. searching for a more, um, you know, NC-17 type of a, a reader, um, in mm-hmm. my experience uh, of, of watching. Uh, when, well, when, where was this advice, Kevin, when, when before we did our variant cover, which is just Christian and nothing but spaghetti bolognese? Well, here's the deal. <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. I'm not is it going to sell? Because we have a lot of them now. <laughs> uh, my my wife and I walking the dogs to z- today. We we basically came to the point that there is no uh, sexual niche that doesn't have someone. Willing to <laughs> but you have you suggesting that it would have to be a niche for it to be me. <laughs> it sounds like mukbang. There's a there's a crowd for that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm not looking. I'm not looking at sixy, uh, sixy. Uh, I'm not looking at six sexy. I'm not looking at sixy guys who are going to make their money on looks alone to the mass public. I'm looking at guys who kind of need to find their niche, but we're going to upcharge the hell out of them. I, uh, I, when I see all the different variants, um, a thing that helps me really decide the the cover that I want is like if cover A is three ninety nine. And cover B is four dollars. I'm a cover A guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. You're not even giving your two cents on this. You're giving your one <laughs> cent on this. <laughs> but that—that's. I think that as long as you have that option. Now, will will you will usually have what about four covers on your your floppies? Yeah, I usually do a standard cover and then uh, four variants. And okay. I don't know why I came up with four variants. I think there was a show that Tyler or James did a while back that said the average number of variants, at least on Kickstarter, was like 13 or 14. And I was like, what the heck? But that's average. Wow. Yeah, and that's the average. So one of the things that... Yes, I, but if you crit- took Lady Death and their $200,000 campaigns yeah. and 500,000 <laughs> yeah. covers out of it, that it would be yeah. down to four. Yeah, it would be, yeah, I'd probably down to four. So, but again, TNA, the- a TNA book and... Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you do a TNA book and you're not watching how Lady Death does it, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. From from my my standpoint, I I see it as two things. One, as they can these these variant covers can be a little bit more premium, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, plus, I get to work with these artists, 
and you know maybe that's forging a relationship that can be you know in the future you know in a hundred years when I'm done with crossover division <laughs> uh, <laughs> issue 20 is looking a long ways off but it's, I'm gonna get there I'm gonna get there um, but you know forging these connections with these other with these artists that you know may prove uh, you know fruitful in the future you know maybe we can work together on a story or a series or an issue or something um, and I also I don't want to force people to, you know, oh, I really love that image, but I don't want to spend the extra money on the cover. So one of the things that I always like to do as a stretch goal is make sure that we include all the variant covers as pinups in the issue. So, you know, you're not, you know, missing anything. So, you know, that, hey, this this covers, you know, you had uh, the main cover by Pablo, but then you've got this uh, Connor Hughes cover and you've got this one by Stefan Rue cool they're pinups in the back if you don't want to get them uh, and then and i've i've got i've been so so lucky to to be able to meet and work with uh lots of artists that i just i basically look at who pat shan and charlie stickney work with and go yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try to get a cover it's, from them it's so. not a bad <laughs> it's not a bad way to do it yeah they have a good i mean working yeah, working with Fell, you know, Fellhound, she did an awesome cover for, for me and she did an awesome cover for Kevin on Tart. Uh, and, you know, working with her was, you know, just a joy. Jin St. She's, An. She's just like the nicest person in comics. Fellhound too. Did, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, I, I understand. Uh, and there are, there are those people. It's, I think this is something that Tyler probably said because, you know, I, there's so much of, so much of my success comes down to, you know, things that I learned from Comics Launch, right? Yeah. And Tyler James. It's, you know, if people want to give you money, give them, give them the as many options to give you. Yeah, give them as many opportunities and options to give with, you money. Yes, with the caveat of don't bankrupt yourself before the crowdfunding campaign exactly. in a way yeah. that is not smart mm -hmm. and well thought out. Um, mm -hmm. So... I, I think I think we as a group of panelists say variant covers are fine. Don't overdo it. But if you have kind of a, a TNA book, I don't think you can have too many covers personally. Well, and you know, I've I've really been impressed at the I guess the word is efficiency because you know you you, you talked about it. They're going to have a fully clothed version. It's the same art. Yes. Then they have a partially clothed version, then they have a completely nude version. So it's the same art, but they're getting three times the bang for their buck from that piece of art. I mean, it's, I'm like, I, uh, that cool. Uh, you know, I admire your, your efficiency. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, it is midnight and uh, we, we peeled away from uh, comics from the kitchen for a second, but in case somebody is, you know, coming in and, and hadn't saw it. Let's let's get back to it for for a couple moments, and then we're going to let you guys uh, go to bed. I don't know if you anybody else is on the. Well, I know, uh, Christian, you're you're in Westchester. I know you're on the East Coast with me, so it's getting late for us. But um, so you you you've had this opportunity to work with with a new company. How how has the experience of working on this anthology been for you? And you know what? I, he couldn't make it, so he's not watching. So say whatever you want. <laughs> um, well, I'll start. I mean, I had a I had a great experience um, in terms of the 
you know, the, the, the pitch submission hearing back from Kyler and, um, you know, the process in terms of the timelines and what it is we need to turn and when, and, um, you know, sending the script, getting feedback. I, I, I just, I had a great experience on it and I loved, uh, I, I had done a short comic with James before and I was excited to work with him again. And it's nice that, you know, I run into him on Wednesdays cause that's usually his day at the comic book shop as well. And yeah, I've, I've had a great time. I'm very excited to, to read all the other stories, which I haven't had a chance to yet. And um, for folks to, you know, get this book in their hands. And plus I've seen glimpses of some of the recipes and I'm kind of excited to make some of these things too, because um, you know, th- th- it seems that there's covering different, uh, not, not only breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but also different, um, uh, I guess, uh, cultural types of food i i, I can't think i can't With, think of the word i'm looking for but yeah, like d- d- yeah. a lot of different stuff going on so i'm excited to kind of dig into some of the recipes with the caveat that one of these recipes will cost you a hundred dollars to taste that pizza <laughs> so guys be careful yeah i will say um i i appreciate kyler especially his flexibility because i like my original artist for this pitch passed away and oh my god oh, oh, no. the, very sorry to hear that yeah, and so I had to get a new artist, and then oh, right before the book was due, too, I had to get a different letterer because my original letterer had just had his first child, and so he did not have time any longer to letter. So I have a completely different team from what I pitched, and Kyle was just, yeah, the entire time was like, yeah, you know, do what you need. Like, let me know if you need anything. This might be callous, but I'm not going to give Kyler a lot of credit on your artist. If you can't understand that excuse... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. But the letter, it's cool of him to give you a pass. Yeah, especially yeah, I think that was... was that too dark, guys. I mean, it's it's midnight on a Friday. We can get a little dark. <laughs> it's, we were uh, yeah. all thinking it. You know, you know, this makes me question his dedication. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little it's a little dark for like a springtime podcast. Like if we yeah. were recording this in like. The bleak midwinter, I think. Yeah, it's fine. I live in Florida. It's always the bleak midwinter down here. Have you no, seen true. our governor? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. No, um, guys, uh, next week, Will will be the only host of the show. I see myself out. Well, I mean, I like I said, my story was essentially done. So I, I, <clears throat> I, I have an excellent experience with Kyler because it was just pretty much like, here's my story. Do you like it? Yeah. Okay. You have to add an extra page to make it fit and do the recipe page. So I didn't, you know, I, I didn't go through like a script stage and then, you know, so, mm-hmm. but, but so I mean, did still... you add a new page one, a new page five, or did you find somewhere in the middle to add? A yeah. It, it worked out better to the, the, so I needed to add a page and then the, the way the story broke out, there's, there's something that's, there's part of the setup of the funniness of the situation that I got to expand on. So like then somewhere in the middle, right. Happens. So it's in the middle. There's nice. like a, it's like, and it was just a splash page. Awesome. So it wasn't even like, you know, essentially the one panel on the page before it, that was doing the heavy lifting of, of setting up that tension that would be released in the punchline. I got to carry over into a, another splash page to, oh, that's cool. to, to build it up there as well. So. Um, very cool yeah so but Kyler's a great guy I, I 
he's excellent to work with. Uh, I, I wish I could have worked more with him, but my story was pretty much done already. He's <laughs> colored and lettered and everything. So Tales from the Kitchen, too. Yeah, and, and actually, uh, there's a slight lettering mistake on the sample that, that's on my uh, on the Zoo page, unfortunately. But uh, the tones that the... Uh, if you notice, the, the story is done in kind of like golden brown tones. So those are the tones of a fried boniato. Like those, that's what uh, the, that fried uh, vegetable looks like. So the coloring is all in that, in that color. Was that your idea or did the letter yeah. come to you? Uh, yeah, no, that was what? <laughs> yeah, that was all my, that was all my. Did the letter come to you with the ideas? Is, I, the, the you letter, mean the colorist? The color? Well, the letter or letters? What, wait, I'm confused. Well, I, I did, I did all of it. So like. Oh, you lettered it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I did all of it. <laughs> that I didn't the know. The thing is the coloring, <laughs> the color palette used is the same color palette of the fried vegetable. And that's we never it. edit, but I might edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta Dan, tell me you lettered the book now. Leave it in. What idea. Dan, 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 walk off camera and take your glasses off and come back and say you're the letterer. I'm the letterer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, wait, yeah, let me go get him. Let me walk downstairs. <laughs> can you can you row your boat? Yeah, he's just off screen here. Let me go get him. You had worked with Kyler. Uh, he lettered one of my early comic jam comics. Uh, then he came on to uh, Fugitive Poems Volume Three and Four, so I work with him as a letterer on those. And um, he uh, he interviewed us on his show, and I interviewed him, so we actually had a really good relationship going into this. Uh, and now it's ruined. Uh, no, <laughs> that son of a bitch. Uh, no, I, I I have a deep affinity for Kyler, and I am. Uh, I'm just honored to have gotten uh, to to sneak into this project, uh, and a chance to work with Jack Van Tomey is always something. I'm, we're actually working on a project for Fugitive Poems together. I love working with him, and uh, um, Kyler was uh, really receptive. I wasn't sure how he was going to react to to my idea, and he was really receptive to it. He got a kick out of it, and uh, I'm thrilled to be in comics from the kitchen, and uh, I'm thrilled to be with this team here. And uh, and to finally uh, uh, meet Luke, all us comic jammers talk on Discord. It's uh, you don't really know, know each other, so I'm thrilled to meet Luke and uh, Dan. And uh, you, you you guys are phenomenal. I appreciate you having us. And, you know, Jimmy was talking about seeing people on Twitter and inviting them on the show. I'm watching how we got here, uh, and it was it was kind of like that, and so cool. You guys are really doing so much for indie comics and I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of it. Grateful to be working with Kyler who is too. We, we, we got to stick together and get our stories out. And uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You talked about the, the echo chamber and if, if we can just, if we can just get your voice to come to us and, and pop it out to five, six, seven, 20 people, that, that that's what we want to do. So we're, we're really happy we had you on. And it was just, it's such a unique project. I wish, I do wish Kyler could have made it. Will and I do the show at 11 o'clock on 11 Eastern time on a Friday night. We understand that there are a lot of people asleep and a lot of people who are young and have something uh, much more fun to do than talk to Will and I. <laughs> I, I, stayed uh, relatively, I, don't know. I stayed relatively sober for you. I didn't. <laughs> we we appreciate that. Yeah. I <laughs> Wait, I want to drink, drink tea. 
Kevin and Will, I wanted to ask you before we before we get going, if you had um, in terms of like comics from the kitchen, is there like when you hear a project like this, is there something that you thought, oh, here's a recipe or here's a story that I would I would have gone with? Is there like a food memory that you have that you could? I think if I would have done it, I would have talked about my grandfather to my father to me's PB and J, which is really just mixing up peanut butter and jelly. And you just, you just mix it until it's a, a chocolate goop and uh, how I loved it as a kid. And it was the most amazing thing. And I made it for my daughter when she was about four and she could not have given a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and how disappointed I was that this thing, I was passing this thing on and she just looked at me like, I don't know why you did that. I want to go and watch TV. This is just the worst. And, and I think that mine would have been a real letdown. I think. Um, what about you? Will? It's awesome. I want it. That's yes. That's, that's a perfect. Um, it was, it was, it was rough. It was a rough night in the Joseph house. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, Mom used to bake uh, bread. And I remember that she would, uh, you know, first off, the house just smelled, you know, awesome. It's it's baking oh. bread, right? Bread. Uh, but but uh, when she would, uh, she would give me some of the dough and I would eat some of the dough before, you know, she would let it raise. And that's, it was just, you know, the house smelled great and I got to eat bread because let's be honest. I mean, I know meatballs are great, but there's not much better than bread. Right. When it's I mean, still bread, warm, right out bread. of the oven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The French yeah. and bread, wine, and cheese. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there is something about bread. Yeah, <laughs> There's right. something about bread right out of the oven. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. I eat too much bread anyway, so I need to not do that. <laughs> Street meatballs from now on, Will. Street That's meatballs. right. I'm on a meatball, meatball diet. That's right. Body bar <laughs> meatball. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I had a, I had an absolute blast, and I, I hope you guys uh, kick ass the rest of the campaign. Uh, how many? Um, let's see how long we have left on this baby. Um, Twenty-seven days left. You're already at fourteen hundred and twenty-eight dollars. Uh, kicking ass, taking names, and giving recipes, and uh, uh, I'm excited to see where this goes, and I'm excited to have uh more recipes in the world and we just got a quick comment from shawnee uh she says great show have a lovely weekend everyone shawnee you have a lovely weekend we love you thanks shawnee Uh, thank you good good night everybody good night good night good night